0: Okay. The s the ISX stocks. This is Motley Full Money.
1: Welcome to Motley Fool Money, the podcast that loves the great Australian dream, but thinks we still tend to whinge too much. I'm Andrew Page, and with me, as always, Mr. Scott Phillips. G'day,
2: Andrew. G'day, fools. Not only the great Australian dream, the great Australian open is on right now. Oh, it is, indeed. indeed. Nick Curios still in the draw. Still there. We'll see how that goes. By the time this goes to air, it may not be. It may not be, indeed. (laughs) Mate, what
1: are we going to talk about today? Well, summer, so let's talk about a bit of green and gold. The green and gold, or the red, white, and blue. Ah, the flag. Yes. See, the US market is crushing it. Yeah, well. Um, uh, so should Aussie investors look across the Pacific? Yeah. Um, and everyone's favourite topic. I'm looking Whose? forward to this one, mate. Well, my favourite topic. Okay, there we go. Bricks and mortar.
2: This is a very self-indulgent podcast, isn't it? This one? The whole series well, is self-indulgent. I mean. I, no, that's what I mean. Yeah. The whole yeah. yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, what's next? (laughs) So, Will 2018 be the year that it all finally comes crashing down? I'm sorry, listeners. I know most of you have houses, but Andrew doesn't, and so he's a little bit bitter. Jaded. Just a little bit jaded. (laughs) And you know what? Speaking of jaded,
1: Bitcoin! A week does not go again. by that we don't. We're just going to mention it briefly because we have to. Again, uh, And we're going to open the mailbag too. We've got some really good questions throughout the week, so we're going to dive into that. And I believe you're going to get on your high horse. I absolutely am. We've got a big show. We do. We do. Let's I'm looking to forward to that rant. But let's, let's start. us <laughs> start. not really, are you? Not really at all. Because <laughs> I've heard them all a million times before, so I'll oh go God, grab a coffee while, while yeah. you're in full swing. Good plan. Good plan. Uh, US versus AU, market. Yes. So I saw a headline the other day. Um, it's one of these useless kind of stories. We're not even through the first month, and <laughs> comparisons are all already <laughs> being drawn. Right. The Aussie market's only at one percent, but the S and P is up four and a half. Nasdaq, tech, the tech-heavy Nasdaq, as it's like to be called, is up five percent so far for the year. Yeah, uh, completely. Pointless comparison over such a ridiculously short time frame. What is it? Uh, well, I don't know. People are sort of saying, "Well, therefore, you need to invest overseas." Well, in fact, you know, if we look at a, a longer time frame, the, 2017 was just a really great year for U.S. markets. Uh, good, good enough for our market too. In fact, but uh, just I think the U.S. almost mm. doubled us in terms of performance. So it it does beg the question, you know, do Australians need to invest overseas? We've talked about this before. We'll talk about it again, but I thought we'd talk about it just in a little bit of the context. Of I suppose what is happening now with that outperformance is yeah. it a something that we should be doing just as you know uh, a normal course of action,
2: um, but is it something we should especially think about when things are racing ahead? Over to you. <laughs> nice. Boom. Drop that completely in my okay. lap. Thank you, mate. Look, it's a funny. It's a funny story. So y- yes, you're right. The first fifteen days of the month don't really matter that much, and that's where that data comes from. In fact, since then, I'm pretty sure the Australian market is almost dead flat. Okay. Um, you're exactly right, as we will say many, many times a month, is nothing. But that sort of divergence over a month, mm. that kind of tells you something about what's going on in the market. I think there's probably, you know, should you use it with with any sort of significant confidence? No. Does it tell us something? I think it might. What? What does so, it tell us? Well, it tells us a bit about how investors are thinking. Mm. So okay. if the market was up or down 5%, you know, internationally, worldwide, if every market was up down 5%, you could say, well, okay, there's, there's volatility there. It's mm-hmm. going to go up, it's going to go down. Mm. When anything goes up 5% in half a month, I mean, the average yearly gain is 10%. Mm. So it's half a year's gain yeah. in half a month. one 4% of the year, mm. 50% of the gain. Mm. And so that tells you, well, it indicates a few things. The first is that it's very possibly some exuberance, some optimism, some positivity when you're prepared to push a market higher over 15 trading or like less 10 trading days mm. over 15 days that t- after a 28% gain last year mm. there's a lot of positivity in the market so it sure is so that's that's the yeah. first thing that, and that's real right okay. so yes there's volatility yes there's you know fluctuations that is kind of real the second thing i think is it tells you a little bit about the sorts of companies that are to the extent that, that, that this isn't just irrational exuberance to the extent this isn't just over optimism the companies that are driving these gains and the split between that where the profits are being made, and more importantly, where the profits are growing most strongly, in in, in the world, both in the world markets, but also across industries. And I think mm. that you know, and we have said things like this before, but I, I think it's worth making a, a particular point because the U.S. market is very tech-heavy, as we like to say. Mm. Um, think about the, the Facebooks, fangs. the Googles, the Amazons, mm. the Netflixes, the Apples. Um, Add into those the consumer companies. Mm-hmm. The Nikes, the Under Armours, the, uh, you know the the growth that we're getting, the technology businesses that are not so well-known. Mm. Um, tech and consumer is leading the world, leading growth. Mm-hmm. Yes, the US economy is booming. Yes, those companies will do well in those circumstances. But there's a very big difference between the composition of our market and the US. And most strongly because where I... I heard someone call a value market the other day. I thought that was an interesting Value phrase. market? Well, in the sense that high dividend yield, relatively low PEs compared to the rest of the world, and low-growth companies, where you're kind of looking for the miners and the banks. So it's it suits the sort of investor who is after those sorts of companies. 50, 50-ish percent of our market is made up of those banks and miners. Mm. And so you kind of think, well, where they go goes the rest of the market. We don't have those companies that are doing very, very well overseas. We do, though,
1: have... Again, outside of the 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 very big end of town, there's plenty of tech stocks here. Um, I've got a very tech-heavy focused portfolio. <laughs> I like those kinds of companies. Yep. But then when I look at relative valuations, you sort of look at a Google or an Apple and say, yes, sort of you know the valuations seem to be up there from a historical standpoint. But mm. but our tech companies are really stretched. <laughs> yeah, you know, like yeah. the multiples of earnings yeah. that that Australian investors are paying for companies that, while some very attractive characteristics, you know, are in a different league. Um, in an unfavorable way to, mm. compared to Google and Apple and all these other ones. I mean, doesn't that say something as well?
2: So I think if you separate, well, there's a couple of things going on. So if you separate that out, I think you've kind of buried the lead a little bit. Uh, but the first point you make is a really strong one. I'm which good is at that. There are, <laughs> there, are, there are companies like that in Australia, but we don't notice them because they're small relative to not only the rest of the market, but their international peers. Yep. And so the, the tech companies don't have any impact at all, really on the ASX 200. Mm, mm. So when you see the ASX 200 numbers report at the end of the day, those tech companies have a 15th of an impact compared yeah. to the miners and the banks. The In the US, mm-hmm. I think, the top, honestly, all of the top five or four of the top five companies are tech stocks. Yeah. And so, again, by market cap. And so where they go, goes their market. Mm. So you've got this weirdly weird scenario where, and that's why, to, to, to kind of bring us back to that point, the Australian market is lagging because bank profits aren't growing much. Mm. Miners are kind of all over the place.
1: As they always are. And so,
2: yeah. You're kind of having, you know, our market is struggling to put in any decent gains because the biggest companies aren't putting on big gains, aren't mm-hmm. growing that strongly. It, it, the reverse is true in the States where the biggest companies are the fastest growers. Yeah. And so you've, you've got that sense of like the big guys powering ahead. Here, the little guys are powering ahead, but they just can't make any headway. So the first point is don't get caught up in the indexes. And we've talked mm-hmm. about this before. I, just, um, I really struggle to get interested in the index. When someone says the market is doing X, that's absolutely true. There is, it's incontrovertibly true that the market by market cap is doing this, yep. but it doesn't mean you can't be as a stock picker clever and say, I don't need to own necessarily if you don't believe it's going to be worth owning, mm. the banks, the miners, the, the supermarkets. I'm going to go and find those companies that are growing. Yeah, they might not be representative of the market, but there's still opportunity there.
1: I think of the the property investor has a you know unit in Bankstown, or that whatever, doesn't take long. Back to property already. Easy to do. <laughs> I mean, what do you care what what's happening to national property prices mm. other than how it might directly impact your? Own? Totally. I mean, so I, I kind of and this a very and I admit it, it's a very selfish viewpoint. But mm-hmm. I, I kind of and I know we work in the markets. Our day to day lives is all about <laughs> the markets. But what this index is doing on mass in aggregate yeah. is of general interest. But I I I just really struggle to get that interested in in what it, I, I look at my own returns, I look at the returns of, of the, mm. um, the service that I run. It, it just, it doesn't really seem to be too relevant other than for a pure benchmarking exercise, which is important. It is, you, you need to sort of have something to measure yourself against objectively. That's important, correct. But that is the
2: only relevance I can see in it. I think that's true. I the, I would draw a slight difference in in the sense that it's relevant to all of us because that is the value, the wealth of the country measured in stock market, yep. market cap. And so yep. to the extent that the market goes into a slump, a, it'll probably drag the little companies down with it. Mm-hmm. And B, it does have an impact on the wealth of the nation. So there's some kind of, um, by extension, it's relevant. But as you say, it, do, it doesn't impact on which stocks you pick, how those companies go, and how well you do as an investor. You mentioned that the PEs too. And let's go back to that. So okay. you talked about the PEs being- The oh, price let me, to earnings ratio. Right. Thank you. Let me, let me paraphrase. You're saying that they're more expensive here than in the US? For a lot of the tech shares, yeah. Okay. Tell me more about that.
1: Uh, so okay, uh, a company. Well, these days it doesn't even need to have earnings. But in, in, in more normal term times, people tend to look for for profitability. Yep. And then you, you, it it's a good way to sort of benchmark a share price. Is a share price expensive or okay. is it cheap? Well, compare it to the earnings of the business. It's, it's, it's it you want to take a more holistic view. But as as a as a quick and dirty, it's a wonderful way to talk about value. Right now, when you look at now. You're going to test me because I don't I don't know it off the top of my head. <laughs> but when you look at something like Google, I think that the price to earnings ratio is sort of. Up around twenty six, twenty seven, something like that. Mm. I could be wrong, but it's sort of in that ballpark. And you look at some of the technology shares um, mm. in ours, like a Hanson or a, a, a Catapult, or you know, or these other ones. They are, right, right. they are many, many, many orders of magnitude. <laughs> well, not orders <laughs> of magnitude, but they are, they are multiples higher again. And so, do I think they're good companies? Absolutely. Right. Um, but, but are they of the same caliber of these US giants? Do they have the same kind of Intrinsic competitive advantages, the pricing power, all of the rest of it. So, you know, and I, a colleague uh, of ours, uh, a neighbor, is a big US investor. He's always totally. drawing this comparison. I, I think he's dead right. It's like we, and just to come full circle back, we sort of started saying, you know, should you invest overseas? People mm. don't because we're all lazy, but. But it's really easy to do, yeah. and and you, as an investor, it is all about opportunity cost. Now, I don't care if you're Warren Buffett or you've got a hundred bucks to your name. You know there is a limited amount of money that you've got to invest, and you should be looking for the very best investments. So, for the sake of filling out a couple of forms and opening up an international trading account with your broker, yeah. You know, do you put your thousand bucks behind uh, a US company or do you put it behind
2: an Australian company? If if the relative value is much more significant, right, um, with, with one, why not favour that? I think that's exactly, and you should. I think there is a there's a massive home bias that all investors have, including Yanks in their own market. Us here, yep. um, we think we tend to think that because it's an Australian company, we somehow are, are imbued with more knowledge or information or comfort with that company. Yep. That can be true. Um, I, I defy anybody to say that they understand BHP better than Facebook. Right. Or they understand um, Cochlear's business better than Google. Right. You know, to some degree, yeah. it's, it's a home company, so we kind of feel better about it. Yeah. And yes, you can trade it on all, the They're ASX. both very complex
1: entities. And right. Those, yeah. And so
2: you think, well, but even, I mean, Google's relatively simple. In terms of how it makes its money. Yeah, right. The way level, you know, yeah. the, 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 the business model, how it's going to keep succeeding relative to, say, a, a, a Cochlear, we've got to try and work out the the intricacies of the products it makes and the, mm. the different business lines. Mm. I, I gotta say, I think Google's easy to understand. So I think to your point, there's no reason to have a home bias. There is a very, very good reason to diversify geographically in mm. currency terms, in industry terms. Most importantly, mm. um, I do. I think there's there's some value in paying up for some Australian tech companies at higher prices, if they are higher growth businesses. Yes. Now, Google, Facebook. Well, they Netflix, might be a lot
1: smaller, but by definition, that probably means they've got more upside exactly. if they can deliver on those
2: expectations. Google can't grow ten x from here anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Other companies in Australia, small companies, probably still are more risky, so they, they won't all do that either. Yeah. Uh, but there, there are good reasons why smaller companies could and should carry higher multiples if they are quality businesses that have a lot of runway ahead of them. You could have paid up 100, 200, 400 times earnings for Google 10, 12 years ago. Yes. And still made a lot of money. Yes. So yep. to, to the degree there is growth left, PEs are all about not just the past earnings growth mm-hmm. or the current level of profit, mm-hmm. but about future profit and yes. future profit growth. Yes. Man, that was... That was a wide range. That was a lot, was a lot of a bigger a deep
1: dive than, than what I expected. I
2: don't think I didn't know she throw property in
1: there. I, well, nice segue, in my friend.
0: <laughs> real money advice from real people, not just a couple of dicks with a Porsche. Get more at fool.com.au forward slash triple M.
1: A, every uh, red butted Australian loves talking about it, so let's talk <laughs> Do about they, it.
2: Everyone or it, just you?
1: No, no, mate, have you, you been to a barbecue in the last 10 years <laughs> where property wasn't the central theme of, of the conversation? The barbecue stopper is on how it, would like to call it, it. It really is. And and I thought, we well, A, we haven't talked about it for a little while,
2: but B, <laughs> I noticed in all the, the media... Here we go. <laughs> Here's why we're talking about it, Phil. Just, just, just grab a seat, chill out a little bit. Well, Andrew's gonna, I was going to tell us how, how coincidentally, all of a sudden, well, it popped back up on his radar. It, well, there's been.
1: I look. I'm just <laughs> observing that there has been. A lot of bearish articles have been coming. And that doesn't mean anything because, you know, newspapers are out there trying to sell um, papers or Except that you happen versions. to have read
2: it, liked it, and decided to bring it up on the I podcast. I love a bit of confirmation bias, my friend. <laughs> Don't we all? I, I
1: love it. And and so, again, we had this 0.2% fall in prices, I think it was, for December. January is looking as though it might be down a tiny fraction as well. Oh. And 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 then there's, and we've had this resurgence, as it tends to happen um, if every now and again. On on the the property bears come out and sort of say that this this could be the year that it all comes undone. Yeah. Now, uh, you know, my stance on it. Everyone knows my stance on it. What they well, say about broken clocks. They're right at least twice a day, there my friend. Well, exactly twice a day. <laughs> and and here was an interesting. I mentioned to you the other day that it was twenty. Oh, I think it was twenty four. Yeah, it was twenty fourteen. Okay. I decided I'm going to keep a scrapbook of, of articles. <laughs> and so I started like evernoting um a, a bunch of property articles. Okay. And they had some stuff from uh, ex-reserve bank governors, senior economists at banks, yeah, you know, not the tinfoil hat wearing kind of people. And they were all saying, hey, property is really expensive. And, you know, look at these multiples relative to history, relative to the world, all this like, you know, again, I would argue mm. sensible-ish kind of arguments. And that was 2014. And, and what has happened how's, how's since it gone? don't so, What has happened since then? It is. We are through the looking glass <laughs> because it is, it has gone up Aren't we? massively. Yeah. So I, I think I'm, I'm more than happy to bring that up. And I think it's a really valuable thing to, well, yeah. I've, I've talked to before about it's really valuable having a, an investment diary because it's right. sort of, helps you keep 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 yourself honest. And I think when you sort of look back at what you were thinking a few years ago and how that has changed, <laughs> yeah. it's not to sort of give you yourself the opportunity to say, ha, ah, ha, look how smart I was in the instances where you're right, yeah. but it, where you were right to see, were you right for the right reasons, as we've talked about recently, or if you were wrong, which is going to be the case a lot of the time, why is that? And there's some really valuable lessons in all of it. So I, I go into this topic very, <laughs> very, 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 very mindful of, of what history has taught us on these uh in, in this one in particular.
2: You're off a long run, Mr. Page. A very so, long run. So price are down in December, probably down in January. Is this is this the year where you finally get vindicated? Uh, I don't know.
1: <laughs> Here's the thing. Even if even if things like sort of fall twenty or thirty percent, it's probably mm. at a stage where for a lot of areas that it's not going to go below where it was in 2014 anyway. So there's a there's a point of, you know, I think you mentioned the other day, um, I forget who, who said it originally, but being Early is indistinguishable from being wrong. Yeah. Um, so, so there's there's that to acknowledge as well. But here's the thing that I wanted to get to. So a, a lot of the arguments tend to be based around sort of, you know, price and earnings type multiples or or house prices versus um, uh, rental yields and all this kind of stuff. But
2: you've trawled through all of the optimism to find some pessimism you can hang on to. So right?
1: so, what, so what the bears have sort of been saying lately is that you'll remember in the <laughs> in the US there was a subprime Crisis.
2: I, I do remember that. Two thousand and seven. It was very, very anyone
1: ugly. who has watched the Big Short, um, <laughs> which is a great movie yeah. and a great book. Watch uh, it if you haven't.
2: The book is excellent. Yeah. Watch just, the movie. Read the book. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Definitely. And and it talk, talks about sort of the genesis of of that crash, like the biggest biggest economic disaster in the U.S. since the Great Depression. <laughs> and a big cause for that was property, and more specifically, the fact that we had um, a lot of what they called resettable mortgage. Mm. Uh, loan. So you get this teaser rate, very, very low. Mm. And after I think it was three or five years, yep. um, uh, they would they would reset to a much higher interest rate. So people that was actually cool because you could just often refinance until you couldn't. Right. And then all of a sudden the bank came around and said, hey, I know you've been paying <laughs> this much each month. Now we're going to expect you to pay close to double. Yep. And that sent a whole bunch of people into default and things just collapsed from there. It was a snowball from that. And that, that triggered... Everything that we now refer to today as the GFC,
2: and so now you've decided. <laughs> I have. I haven't decided. I'm
1: just. I'm putting the argument out there. You're
2: holding it up as possible negative, then walking away, saying, "I'm not saying it's true. I'm just letting you know that people are saying I'm so it." So guarded.
1: <laughs> History has taught me a very harsh lesson, so I'm being very guarded. But I think it's a good point. So what we have in Australia, we don't have these kinds of mortgages, but we do have interest-only mortgages. In fact, a very, very high rate. There was a period there for a time where nearly half of all mortgages being written were interest-only. So this is, as the name suggests, you only pay interest, you don't pay any principal back. Mm -hmm. And again, that's cool because you you can probably refinance forever and who cares about paying the mortgage off because (laughs) you're going to just flip this in a few years and, and make a squillion dollars on the capital gain. Right worked phenomenally well through to this point. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: But what has happened is that after these, these two things tend to have a finite life period. And if you can't refinance, they do switch back to principal and interest. Yep. So even though the interest rate won't necessarily change, in fact, in some instances, uh, principal interest might actually have a lower mortgage rate. Right. But because you are paying interest back, your repayments could—sorry, principal, back. Could, sorry, uh, yep. principal back, your repayments could jump by around fifty percent. There's various figures that are thrown around. Correct. If you can't afford that, and there was a few articles in the paper of people in the property club who, you know, bought a mm-hmm. thousand properties on expanding equity and the rest of it, now sort of whinging that that's so unfair and and harsh <laughs> and the rest of it. Um, yeah. No, no, schadenfreude Freud there no, at all. None. At all. None whatsoever. Uh, uh, it could be our, our subprime Our trigger. Waterloo. God, I've talked for a long time. Have
2: you finished yet? What say you?
1: <laughs> is that is that not a reasonable
2: yeah. hypothesis? Uh, you know what? It's it's funny because... You know the most reasonable hypotheses are the ones that sound like the past. Yes. And so for those of us, us who It legitimizes it, totally. Yeah. For the, yeah. And, it won't, it, and just, just make, it somehow makes it feel more likely. And so for those of us mm. who live mm. through the GFC, who kind of remember it, have looked back at it and tried to learn from it, you're right. What happened was... People now. There's a couple of differences here. The first thing is people were given loans who never should have been. Yes. And so. Well, there is there is accusations of that here too. We true. call them liar loans from a famous UBS yes. study. But you'll remember that the the loans in the US were ninja loans. Yes. Given to largely owner occupiers. No income, no, no jobs, job, or no assets. assets. Correct. And so. Excellent acronym. Isn't it good? So yeah, that, that they weren't investors. They weren't. They were owner occupiers who were borrowing too much, hoping to flip the house. Yes. So there was a quasi investment or, or speculation to some degree. Um. Yes, there might be lie loans here. Is it likely to be of a size and scale that brings us down? I think that's probably not true. Mm. So that's probably a key difference. But to your point, if there is what what the subprime crisis caused was significant stress on house prices because everyone had to sell at the same time. Mm. And so, yes, there was a default of those who couldn't pay back their loans. Mm-hmm. That was actually not the biggest part of the problem. The biggest part of the problem was the ripple effects for the rest of the housing right. market right. where house prices crashed because everyone was selling at the same time. Yeah. The banks, yes, were going in default, but not only were the people who couldn't afford to pay it losing money. Mm. Those who could afford to were still in such a case of having ne- negative equity mm. because all of a sudden their $400,000 house was only worth $300,000 yeah. and they'd borrowed $350,000 to buy it. Yeah. So you had all this kind of this kind of flow-on effect. And what you do see with the current one is if those interest-only loans are forced onto P&I and the rate goes up or the repayments are higher, mm-hmm. then thats that is that that is it has echoes. It has, you know, yeah. history may not repeat, but it does rhyme, as I think Mark Twain said. And yeah. that's, that's the real risk is... And it feels incredible, right? Because it's happened before, because you can see logically how it might happen. Yeah. It kind of feels a bit more serious, a bit more likely maybe than some of the other doom and gloom scenarios we've seen in the past.
1: Yeah, it's true. And and here's the, here's the other thing that's interesting because this economic machine that is the Australian economy yeah. is, is is so interrelated, everything is right, related right. to something else. And so what's a big difference with the Australian market that that um, supporters of property will often tend to say is you, there are recourse loans here. You can't mm-hmm. just hand the keys back and walk away, as you can in the US.
0: Correct, correct.
1: And we know that people
0: will will
1: do whatever they can. They'll pull back elsewhere to ensure that they continue to keep their, their property, particularly if it's a residence, let yep. alone an, an investment property. Yep. Um, and I think it's a really valid point. But what's interesting though is if that is if that is something that is is required to be done, mm-hmm. well, what does that say about retail spending? And yeah. if there is less retail spending, what does that say about jobs? And if that says something about jobs, what does that say about you know things such as wages and just spending in the general economy and all the rest of it? And
2: so- more importantly, what does it say about how unbearable you're going to be if you're finally right? <laughs>
1: God, I'm going to be unbearable. I'm not even going to pretend that that's not going to this, be the case. This podcast
2: may go and hate us for six months at that point. If I just can't bother to, if I can't stand to be in the same room, it might it might be a problem. Look,
1: made. let's 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 draw a line under this, <laughs> and, and I'm going to I'm going to end end on this point, which right. which again we've I think we've both made in 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 the past, which is. Let's not be silly enough to try and call for crashes and when it's going to happen and how much it's going to be. it's just a mugs game and I'm not, <laughs> yes, I'm not that stupid as stupid as I am. I'm I' sort of I fall a bit short of that um, but uh, just. just just but I would say you know again when whether it's shares or property when you're going into these investments, just and in Bitcoin, which we'll get onto in just a moment, <laughs> it's a classic example of this This wonderful human want to extrapolate. Where we look yeah. at the last 10 years, we assume, you know, I, I've heard this saying a lot, which is, yeah, you know, property doubles every seven, uh, 10, 10 years. years yep which implies a 7% average annual growth rate. It does. Um, which is well beyond the average annual growth rate of income. It's just, it's just mathematically not sustainable over long periods of time. So I'm worried that a lot of people, particularly people of sort of our generation and below, mate, who have had their entire working lives without yeah. a recession. Yes,
2: totally. You know, yeah. Um, yeah.
1: We, we, are, we are as a society much higher leveraged than we have ever been. Yes. Um, we're... Uh, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I'm just worried that people get into things because we all like an easy answer. We all like to make a quick buck. Yep. We do it. We extrapolate, and it can be very dangerous. So, by all means, invest in property, invest in, change. invest. Full stop. It's a wonderful thing to do, and something we're big advocates of. Mm-hmm. But just do it with a very level head and understanding that investing is not a straight line. It is an up and down line. Yep. And it, the ones who succeed over the long term are the people who recognize that mm-hmm. and don't expect, you know, the boogeyman to jump out of every corner, <laughs> yeah. but but are prepared for him. To to come and can weather the storm if and when it does happen.
2: That's it, that weathering the storm is the key point. And and frankly, we will say, listeners, if you do have a loan and your loan may increase in interest rate or repayment, and you don't think you can afford that, be smart. Don't try and chase the. I'll, I'll be okay. I'll be right. I'll stick with it. Make the decisions now. Yeah. As if you're going to panic, panic early. Yeah. Um, if you're going to be in in some sort of mortgage stress at that point, then trust us. This could well cause you grief if it does come to pass if it doesn't come to pass then so be it Great. you don't lose anything if it does come to pass and you've listened to us and done something about it you'll probably be much better off so do please you know, as much as we like to have some fun and have a, have a laugh um, we, are, we are serious finance guys believe it or not and we do genuinely care <laughs> about theory. our listeners and our members and so yeah. if this is you please do the right thing by yourself your family um, just don't put yourself in a situation where financial stress can bring you undone
1: yeah there's just no such thing in the world of guaranteed returns in investing right. especially very large returns over short periods of time even though you can have extended
0: periods it's where that is true. Uh, Value stocks. market. Stock market. Index share market. This is motley Fool Money. Subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. Uh
2: You're having a lot of fun today, aren't you? Uh
1: well, I had look again, um the, the Schadenfreude has been blowing <laughs> thick and fast because over the last
2: week. <laughs> which which means uh taking pleasure in other people's misfortune. It, misfortune. it, it is. Yeah, and
1: yeah. and when you just clearing that up, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm a I'm a small small petty man, Mr. Phillips. Let's face it. Yes. And and I mean, no 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 you're not no <laughs> no not at all. Yeah, you meant to argue with that. So so Bitcoin slash crypto in general had a real meltdown throughout. The Didn't week. it? It really fell oh. down. Uh, South Korea's uh, banning it. Um, the trading of it. Yes. The trading of it. Sorry. Um, and there's a lot of volume that sort of comes from that neck of the woods. Correct. And it sort of sent a bit of a scare through, and things really fell away from their high. So I think you would know better than me, but I think <laughs> that uh,
2: Bitcoin, just to pick the biggest
1: <laughs> one, went from what,
2: 19,000 US yes. down to
1: where are we now, 12,000 or so? Uh, a
2: bit about, oh so even overnight, it traded within a 25% range. Whoa! A $2,600 range. Uh, it's above $10,000 US. Uh, a current exchange rate, where well, you look at it, that's somewhere around 13, 14 grand Australian. As as the exchange rate and the, and the Bitcoin price moves, uh, you've got to kind of check it every minute to to work out what's actually going on. It's it's been a it's been a tough ride. As we record this podcast on Friday morning, currently fourteen thousand and seventy nine Australian dollars it was up you know what I looked at this two hours ago in preparation mm-hmm. it was up 10% wow. now it's up 0.7% so yeah. I felt 10% in the last couple of hours between me checking my account so there
1: okay. you go so beyond beyond me feeling smug um, oh, yes. and I shouldn't because it is still well above where it was <laughs> when I started like raining um, uh, uh, fecal matter all over it <laughs> Uh thank you. there yeah, was there yeah. for a second. Yeah. Uh yeah, the, I I think we wanted to talk about it again not yeah. A because we love to flog this 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 <laughs> poor poor pony.
2: Mate doesn't it, but, it's the story of what well, story of 2017 the story of 2010 so fast still yeah, it's still yeah. where the headlines are. You can't open up the goes. paper without yeah. it
1: just being everywhere. Mate, the ABC
2: it. news is quoting the price on their on their financial I know, that's, it's That's that's how kind of mainstream bitcoin has become. It is
1: amazing. So so obviously this fall is is against renewed sparked a bunch of interest and I guess the question that we, we've come across a lot is yep. well, is this an opportunity for those that miss the early run to get in, or is this a really big warning sign to take your money and run? And again, I'm going to hot potato that bad boy straight <laughs> over to your hands.
2: We're going to, we're going to, I'm going to pull back the curtain a little bit because we had a chat over Brekkie this morning. Andrew mm-hmm. and I get together and ostensibly plan for the podcast while we eat our breakfast and talk about other things and try and make sure we do have something to talk to you about when we, when we get on air. Uh, and we kind of, I, I asked the question,, so, you know, is it should I sell my Bitcoin now because it maybe doesn't send the right message to our listeners? You know, mm-hmm. to some degree, do, does it legitimize it? does it does it make it something worth? Because a, we talk about it a lot B because I have a, a very, very small fraction of it. Um does it legitimize it? Is there is there more value in saying, well, I'll sell now make a profit and then, mm. but, but don't you know don't don't pretend that I genuinely care about where the bitcoin price goes. Right. And so I, I pull back that curtain for, And for, for the listeners. for the
1: record listeners I encouraged you not to. You did. And bizarrely I've been the enough. One who's, yeah. Right.
2: I still have a sneaking suspicion you did that so you could laugh at me when I when I actually start losing money. <laughs> Just, I don't want you to sell
0: out I'm and pretty, make a profit is basically. <laughs> I
2: that's what I'm pretty sure was was behind <laughs> that. But uh, no I think you know so so as, you know we wanted to, I I guess I'm I'm concerned right is the price has fallen. There are people, including people that we've both spoken to, who've said maybe it's time to double down. Maybe mm. the price has fallen. Great, I get to buy on the dips, which is mm. one of my least favourite things. Me too. People say, um, "Yeah, you know, maybe now is the time." And, and and what we really desperately don't want people to do is think a. Scott still holds the price is cheap. I should buy some more, or somehow it legitimizes it. Not that everyone takes their entire life guidance from me. Thank goodness, but um, but in this <laughs> case, you that, know, yeah. is there some are there some people who sit and think, well, I'll I'll wait till Scott sells, then I'll sell because I know that's mm-hmm. the right time, or something mm-hmm. else. So what I would basically just want to say outright to to all of our listeners, um, I have one hundred and eighty eight dollars and cents worth of Bitcoin as we speak. Um, I'm up eighty eight percent because I'm oh, hundred dollars purchase. I know. Yeah. I'm down by the way about. Almost fifty percent on the high point, okay. so it's been it's been a roller coaster. What did we say about anchoring a couple exactly, weeks? Exactly, exactly. So the story broadly is, you know, I bought the I bought them for for fun mm-hmm. and to follow along and to see what's going on. Yep. It may it became something of interest in this podcast. Um, I could sell that now, and I said to Andrew, should I should I sell it now? Uh, a, it locks in a profit, so we kind of feel like we've done something decent. Um, it doesn't kind of continue the the charade of of people maybe wanting to believe or trying to believe that there's something in this that mm. somehow we're legitimizing. Um, we decided not to because, as Andrew rightly pointed out to me as we as we chatted, this is a story of kind of the you know just just skin in the game to follow along. And so, as much as I have some Bitcoin in a Bitcoin wallet somewhere that I still. Can't sell, by the way. Um, (laughs) Long-term listeners will know this is is the approach we've taken. We've we've said, look, you know, this is not an investment. This is not a recommendation. This is nothing other than following along because there is some value in following along these things and, and kind of having skin in the game makes you pay attention. We wouldn't have talked about it anywhere near as much I, if, I think, I, mate, so I,
1: I think I think you're a bit harsh on yourself. I think you, you're very keen to make that point, and I'm glad you did. But frankly, anyone who's listened to this uh, with any frequency would know that you sort of say that. <laughs> and I think what's what's been fascinating about it is just someone who is a student of behavioural finance mm. and who does investing for a living. I feel as though potentially you've sort of succumbed to some of these things that we've talked about, and this is this is why they are so toxic because. You, you, you'll you think, A, there's an anchoring. You know, mm-hmm. you, you talked before about it coming back so much from a high. Right. Uh, B, there's some kind of an endowment effect um, that now that you own it, you'll be acting a little bit differently to otherwise how you might be talking about it if you, if you didn't. Mm-hmm. And I would say this, I would say you very, you bought, for, it was always just a bit of a laugh yeah, as,
2: to, yeah. as to why you did it. And, and to you, follow along, kind of learn as we went.
1: Yeah, and you've, and you've said that from the start. So to sell out now, kind of, I don't see why you would do that. As we've often said, this is either, you know, back at, you know, it's going to go down a long way from here or it's going to be a long way up from here. It's sort mm. of like this binary sort of outcome which just sort of bounces around like crazy in between <laughs> those two points. So I, I, I don't know if the story has finished yet yeah. for this. I think it's yeah. a long way away. So I would discourage you from selling it because, A, I have a lot of fun every week giving you grief (laughs) about it, but but B because I feel as though this this horrible fall through Mm -hmm. or or lovely fall depending on your
2: perspective
1: (laughs) over the last week has has influenced your your rationale for holding it Mm -hmm. and hang on, mate. I think, look, I think, yeah, But don't double down. I think that that's right. Don't legitimize. Don't pretend that you did it for investment reasons. Don't <laughs> exactly. do all of that, which you're not. No. But, but, uh, and I don't think anyone listening, and, I, and let's just underscore the point before we run on because we are running horribly low on time. We really are. Which, which is, you know, again, have some fun with it if you want to, but for, for the sake of all things holy and decent in this world, <laughs> don't pretend you're doing anything that is, uh, grounded in any kind of rationality.
2: I think you just called me irrational. Don't pretend doing anything grounded in rationality that you just said. <laughs>
0: Motley Fool Money. For more, go to fool.com.au forward slash triple M.
1: Moving right along. You know what we're going to do? I'm going to to move this on. Um, uh, We are just going to flat out of time for mailbag. So I'm going to give you a very, very quick uh, high horse. I should hope so. But very quick.
2: Oh, come on. Um, What are are you going to rant on this week? We'll hold the mailbag to next week, so stay tuned. Uh, I'm going to rant about the people who... the vast majority of people who seem to desperately hate the economic recovery and boom we are living through right now. Hey, you're now. talking about me. Yeah. Yes, I am absolutely <laughs> talking about. It. No, well, partly this is this has got to be. I think I've said this before. This is going to be one of the most hated economic success stories in living memory. Yeah, we have had ten years of unbroken growth since the GFC. Mm-hmm. We have an unemployment level, an, an, sorry, employment level that is higher than during the mining boom. Mm. We have positive GDP growth. We have low inflation. We have low interest rates. There, there is absolutely nothing for people to complain about. About the current Australian economy. You could say, could it be better? Yes, of course it could always be better. But by the way, the better things go, the better the chance you've got a recession coming down the track. Yeah. If we have a moderately successful 10 plus year post-GFC, you know, success story in, in the Australian economy now, what more do people want? You've got super low rates, super low unemployment, you've got super low inflation. Mm-hmm. Wages are might be moderate, and that's the one problem you can complain about. But inflation's been so low, we're not missing out on much. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just think there's there's something about I think it's I think it's the well I think it's the political climate. Mm-hmm. We had a we had a couple of campaigns where opposition parties spent their entire times running down the Australian economy as a proxy for the government. Yeah. We had people who've lived through the GFC and gone that was really really crap. I never ever want to see that again. Mm-hmm. We've had people who've looked at the Brexits and the Grexits and kind of been overwhelmed by the bad news and the risk and the terrible stuff that might possibly one day happen mm-hmm. and none of it has and we still feel crappy. You ask anyone who'll say, "Oh, yeah, well that's what the data says, but my experience is different." It can't be true. We can't all have a different experience to the data. The data is the data. Mm. You know, One out of 100, two out of 100, three out of 100, maybe those three have a different experience for personal or individual reasons. Mm. The economy is doing incredibly, incredibly well. Stop running it down, people. Well, not just the economy. The the bull market has been going for 10 years right. now, and
1: it has climbed, as another oh, saying I really like, it's climbed a wall of worry yes. the yes. whole way through it. and And that's always the case, right? Um, but look, I, I think you make some some good points. Now, of course, that's I to, do. That's not to say that things won't deteriorate. In fact, I'm going to go out there and say it. It, it's oh, going to at God, some point. I don't go. know if it's this year or ten years. Can I just but talk about it's this? It's going to, right? Yeah. Um, so, so uh, I think you're right. I think I think we need to uh, give give credit where credit is due. Acknowledge that the obviously it won't last forever. But you know,
2: we're not saying getting get carried away. We're not saying up. taking on stupid leverage. Hard enough, Australia. <laughs> Swallow some cement. <laughs> yes. That's and it. harden the fire truck up, <laughs> yeah, is what that's we're true. saying.
1: Mate, uh, thank you as always for your time. Thank you, Andrew. We, thank you, Phil. We better really put a pin in this. Let's um, do it. Uh, remember that you can subscribe to this podcast and you can do that through iTunes and you or should. through an Android podcast app. We'd also encourage you to head along to our website, which is full.com.au forward slash triple, triple M. 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 Until next week, I'm Andrew Page. And
0: I'm Scott Phillips. Full on. Full on. <laughs>